Good morning. How's everybody? Sweet. Good to see everybody. Who went out yesterday and just stood in the sunshine? Anybody? Like you needed your vitamin D fix and so you went out there? I went outside and sat on the front porch and I played solitaire for about three hours. Just kidding. Fifteen minutes. And then I got cold and went inside. Um, we are in a series called Bold. Um, and, and as you can see from our, our graphic or image behind us, there's a lion's, an image of a lion there. And one of the things that as you, if you ever watch those, those nature shows or those shows about animals is you see the, this, this boldness that lions have where they go after their prey and, and they walk around and, and, and they, there's this, there's this uh, characteristic of them that they, there's not a lot of fear in them, or at least you don't see a lot of fear. And one of the things that's so interesting is one of the, the names used or kind of associated with our, our Savior, Jesus Christ, is he is the, 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 the lion and the lamb. And so they use these two words to describe him, that there's this boldness about our Savior Jesus that he has, this fearlessness that he has, that he also empowers and gives to us as we continue to follow him. And last week we talked or we opened our series up about this, this idea, this, this, this belief that, you know what, we can have a boldness not to give up. And there's so many times in life where we want to throw in the towel or we want to give up. But we have a Savior that calls us not to give up. And we've taken giving up an option uh, as an option off the table and said as long as we belong to Jesus, we have to continue to move forward and continue to persevere because that's what Scripture tells us to. And we, we looked at the passage in Moses and or about Moses when he was born and how his mother and, and went through all these things and, and that were saying, hey, listen, you need to basically have this child killed and give this child up. And yet she refused to give up. And out of it, we get the, the, a, a strong leader of the Israelites. And so we pick up in Exodus chapter 18 today. And I've entitled this message this, Boldness to Listen. Boldness to listen, and the reason why I, I, I thought about this is I think a lot of times, is it fair to say that everyone in this room has has opinions on things, right? Thank you, Dale. Um, we all have opinions on things. There's a, there's a, there's the people that have opinions. Uh, believe it or not, they're one of the the opinions is is how many Sundays I should take off during the year. Everyone has an opinion on that. Um, not everyone. Some people do. Uh, some people even like to express that to me. And some even so they, there's opinions on all of this. Well, here's the problem. Because everyone has their opinion and because a lot of people believe that they that their opinion should be heard, which there's nothing wrong with that. But they tend to voice their opinion. What happens is, is if you listen to the wrong people, you get very what? Bad intel, bad advice, you get bogged down. A lot of times you get tired, you get exhausted, you get drained, and all of these things. And so what happens is is everyone that, that wants to share things with you, it has the potential to, to drain you. And so, believe it or not, I hear a lot uh, from people, and, and it's fine, I don't mind it. But one of the things that I've had to wrestle with, this, and I'll just to be honest with you, this week as I'm preparing for this message, 
one of the things that I had to come to grips with is who do I need to listen to and who do I not? Who do I need to let speak into my life and who do I just need to hear and honor them by just hearing them? Because the reality of it is, is not everyone knows me, not everyone knows uh, my tendency, not everyone knows my heart, not everyone can, has that strong relationship with me to be able to speak into my life. And I think that's fair for all of us in this room is that there are certain people that we should allow to speak into our lives. And there are certain people that we should hear and, and kind of keep out here until we figure out whether they're the right people to listen to. And so we've all had them, influences, people that want to share a lot of things and tell you a lot of issues. And, 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 and we, we face it all the time. And they want to tell you something and they want to give you their opinion and then they expect you to carry out. And then what happens when you don't? They get angry. Thank you, Dale. I can always count on you for participation. Thank you. And so in this, that's interesting because so many times we get lost in all of this. But today we're on a story in chapter 18 of Exodus that we come to where Moses has the boldness to listen to somebody. And let's define boldness. If you go to Proverbs, um, Proverbs chapter chapter 28, verse 1. It's right there. Right there. There you go. You don't have to flip there in your Bibles. Uh, Proverbs 28 to 1 reads this. The wicked flee when no one pursues. Is there boldness in fleeing? No. But the righteous are bold as a lion. And it's interesting in this passage, in this, in this word, that, in this proverb that talks about boldness, when you look up the word and the meaning of it, boldness is this. It's a free and fearless confidence. Do you ever wish that you had a free and fair, fearless confidence? That you could step out in pure confidence in knowing that God's going to meet you. Knowing that the decision you made is the right one. Knowing that what you're doing is the right thing. That you step out and you're like, you know what? This is the best thing and the right thing for me to do at this moment in time, given all the circumstances that I'm facing. And so there's a confidence in this piece. And as we look at Scripture and as we look at this Word, that God has, it allows us to have this confidence in Him. This, this fearless confidence of being able to step out in faith and follow Him. And the reality of it is, is that we have to learn to listen to the right people. And I believe that God speaks to us through a lot of different avenues. One of the first ways I think he speaks to us is through his word. I think he still speaks to us through his word. And so if I never open up his word, I, I won't get that part of it. Another way he speaks through us is through worship. And as we, as, or through singing. And as Jocelyn and, and, and the team lead us in singing, and, and, and all of that, I believe that God speaks to our hearts through that, and he softens our hearts through that, and we're very grateful for that, through preaching and teaching and life groups. But one of the, I think one of the most powerful ways that God speaks through us um, is through other people. And those intimate relationships and those relationships where we allow people to speak to us, and, and, and today we get to see this story about how Moses was bold enough to listen. In my job, I get to talk to a lot of people, and I get to spend a lot of time with people. And what I learned is people are great at hearing, and they are horrible at listening. Case in point, why do so many people stay stuck all the time? 
They're given sound wisdom and advice on how to get out of something. And what do they do? They refuse to listen. We can put ourselves in that situation and say, you know what? Sometimes I have a problem listening. I can hear, but I have a problem listening to what's being said. And because what we'll find out is listening actually requires me to act on it. There's a part of listening to something that brings about an action, not just to sit there and do nothing. Hearing, I can hear all day long, and, and I, just this noise, and it doesn't drive action. And we'll find out in today's story how uh, Moses was bold enough to listen. So in your life and in your world, here's what my question. What are you wrestling with right now? What are you hearing? What are things that are going on in, in your world where you know what? You need to be bold enough to listen to the right person in your life that is going to speak truth into your life in order to get you unstuck, in order to get you to take that next step of faith, in order to get you to where God has wants you, in order to feel, fulfill the calling that God has in your life. Who do you need to boldly listen to with all confidence and saying, yep, this is the right thing for me to do and I'm going to listen and it's going to drive action into my life. I was wrestling with the, the very topic this week of, of something that I couldn't quite wrap my head around. I couldn't, I couldn't get my head around it and I, I just kept praying all over and God was not bringing me clarity through reading and God was not bringing me clarity through other conversations and finally he goes, Chad, what are you preaching on this week? And I said, boldly listen. And he goes, how about you reach out to some people and, and boldly listen to them? And so the first one I went to is my wife, Julie. I said, hey, here's what I'm wrestling with. And right off the bat, she goes, Chad, you're better off when you do this, this, and this. I said, huh. Because I'm a guy, I'm like, well, I won't listen to that. I'm going to call someone else. And so I'm just kidding. So I took it in, and I reached out to, I reached out to one of our elders who, who, who knows my heart. And I spent about 45 minutes on the phone with him talking through this issue that I was dealing with. And, and he spoke, and it was very clear, he spoke the exact same thing that my wife was speaking to me not two hours earlier. Then I reached out to someone else, my brother, who, I, I, who loves me and who I walk with, and, and I reached out to him and I asked the same question. And he, the best thing he said out of us, he goes, Chad, where's your heart at? He didn't come in with a solution. He came in with a question. And so I got to tell him, and I talked to one of, one of someone out of the fourth person, who knows me very well. And through this, I, I started seeing the same theme. And with it, was able to make a bold decision about how that's something I was wrestling with in my life. And they were all speaking the same thing, and it was lining up with what needed to happen. And we see this in the story of Moses. See, Moses was saved by God, and we read this last week. Moses was saved by God as, as he was placed into the Nile River and he threw the, raised up through the Pharaoh's house. And he comes out, and, he, and what ended up happening over time is he saw how poorly his people were being treated, so he kills an Egyptian, and then he ends up getting found out, and so he flees to this place called Midian. And there was a priest in Midian, and this priest in Midian uh, loved the Lord, and actually in uh, chapter 2, of Exodus, we read this particular piece about him. It says, The priest of Midian, Jethro, uh, when they came home to their father, Reuel, he said, How is it that you have come home so soon? And so, what I, I want us to grasp from this just short little verse before we move for, forward is that Moses went to this place and he helped out uh, Jethro's daughters to, to feed and water his flock. 
And so out of that, they got home a lot earlier. But there's a particular name that's given to Jethro here, and it's Reuel, and it's R-E-U-E-L. And the, the meaning of it is this, is the friend of God. He's a friend of God. Now, how do you get this title, friend of God? In order to be a friend of God, you have to do what? You have to know God. You have to spend time with God. You have to follow God. You have to be in a relationship with God. In order to be a friend, you have to have these particular attributes of a relationship with him in order to be considered a friend. And so here's a man from the very beginning of this story that we see was a friend of God. And my first question to us today as we look at people we need to listen to, are they friends of God? Do they have a relationship with the Father? Are they in line with Him? Do they walk with Him? There are a lot of wise people out there, yes. But there's a difference between walking in the secular world and walking in our, 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 the spiritual world. There's a difference in having worldly wisdom and having godly wisdom. And sometimes we need to find the right people that have the godly wisdom to speak into our lives. And that's what we need to hold on to. We need to find those friends of God. And so we see this story as it unpacks. And, and so what ends up happening is Moses ends up marrying one of Jethro's daughters. And he stays there for a little bit until he has these encounters with God or with God while he's manning uh, the flock and doing the things that he needs to do as a good son-in-law. And he goes back and he leaves and he comes back and God calls him back to Egypt. And he goes through this whole series of different things to do what? To free the Israelites. And so we get to this part in our story where the Israelites are free and they've left the, the Egypt and they're heading towards the promised land. And one of these things that takes place in Moses' leadership is he does this. He takes everything on himself and he owns every problem. He owns every issue. And so he's there traveling and he's hearing all this day in and day out. Do you guys know what it's like to hear issues day in and day out? If you don't have someone in your life that constantly complains to you, I'll videotape some stuff and show it to you. But it becomes draining. And so we're not just talking about a few, few people. We're talking about thousands and thousands of people that every issue that was brought up would go straight to Moses. And he would have to decide and judge and teach and do all these different things. And he was owning this. And so he had left Egypt and they were traveling to get to the promised land. And there was a place where he was coming and he was and they were set up camp. And what had happened was is right in that place, uh, Mid or Jethro was bringing Moses was pretty is interesting. Moses, instead of having his wife and kids with him as he was going through all the, the, the exiting of Egypt and going through all this, he, he said, you know what, I'm going to send my wife back to her home. And I'm going to send my kids back with her to protect her, protect them. So he sends his wife and children back to their to their homeland. And, and in this piece, and Jethro is like, I'm tired of your sons bothering me. And so I'm going to bring them back to you. Did y'all miss that? His grandkids were bothering them. So he says, so they meet at this place. And as they meet at this place, something very interesting happens in this particular in, 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 here one Jethro sends word that he's coming and Moses goes out and greets him and Moses goes out and gives him a kiss and bows down and pays respect to him 
There's something about this relationship that's very interesting. And out of this, they start exchanging. They start asking how each other are doing. It's not a one-way relationship. And so they start conversing on how each one of them are doing. And see, Jethro started had heard how God had met them and brought them out of uh, bondage. And, and so what ends up happening is Jethro decides, you know what? I've heard of all this, but I want to hear it from you. And Jethro celebrates with Moses. He rejoices with everything that God was doing and through, and, and with his people. There was an excitement there going on. And so in this, in this story, we see how the, the father-in-law and the son-in-law, they meet, they start talking. And then as a result, Jethro does something different. It just says, says this, let's honor our God. The God of the Israelites. And so they do some sacrifices and they do a time of worship and praise to the God, to, to, to the God of Israel. And so they do this together. And then so finally Jethro sits back and he starts to notice. He goes, I, I'm going to hang out for a little bit. And so Moses goes and he does his daily routine of from morning till evening. He goes and he starts listening to all these. And Jethro sits back and he starts observing what's going on. And at the end of the day, he looks at his son, his son-in-law and goes, Tell me what, what's going on here. And Moses goes, well, everyone has issues, so they come to me and they unload on me. And he goes, then I judge. I sit and I tell them what's good and what's bad. And I teach them about God's law and I decide things so that we can keep peace in the camp. And Jethro speaks the wisest thing to Moses ever. This is the worst thing you can do for yourself and the people. This is not sustainable. And so in this piece, Moses has a, 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 comes to a, a place in his life where he can decide whether he wants to listen, whether he wants to listen or whether, whether he wants to hear. He comes to a place where he can say, do you know what? Honestly, there, Pop, my worth, my worth, my value is in the fact that I lead these people. My worth and my value is in the fact that I, that I hear what everything's going on. And I can sit here and judge and because everyone looks up to me. And he can get caught up in this, this idea in his mind that he's holding on to. And rather than that, he, he sits there and he listens. And Jethro doesn't say anything other than says, this isn't good for you. And it opens up Moses' heart. Not only does Jethro point out an issue, but Jethro comes through with a solution. Jethro's solution is, here's what you need to do. You need to appoint leaders in place. You need to stop doing all this on your own. You need to put leaders in place. And so what he says is, listen, you start appointing men of God or people that love God, people that um, don't like a bribe, that aren't corrupt, and you put the right leaders in place that are going to oversee the people and start hearing from the people and all the, all the big issues they can bring to you, but all the small ones they can deal with. And so over thousands he puts men in place, and over hundreds he puts men in place, and over tens he puts men in place to hear the complaints and to kind of share the load of what's going on. And so he gives the solution to Moses, and Moses sits there back and he goes, okay. And so he puts this in place. And what's interesting about it, I wonder if in Moses' life, after he puts all this in place, he's not able to breathe a little bit. And at the moment he can breathe, I wonder if he says, well, am I needed? 
Am I really needed because here was my value? But now I've got all this going on. And when we look at the human side of everything, there's certain things that we need to listen to that, that, that we need to carry out for the sake of our own selves and for the sake of the people that, that we have influence over. And we see this story. So the question of this is, who am I allowing to speak into my life? And my question, first one, that first question is, do the people in your life that you allow to speak into your life, are they a friend of God? Do they walk with God? So how do I know who the right people, who the right friends of God are? Because there are a lot of people that have great intentions that may love God and may follow God and they have great intentions, but are there still the right people that you need to listen to? So questions to help guide us as we walk through this story. In this, in this story, we see this in Exodus 18, 7 to 9. Um, the first thing I, I want to ask us is this, or ask the person, or ask ourselves about the people that we allow to speak into our lives. Is Exodus 18, 7 to 9 reads this. Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him. And they asked each other of their welfare and went into the tent. Then Moses told his father-in-law all the Lord had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake. All the hardships that had come upon them and the way and how the Lord had delivered them. And Jethro rejoiced for all the good that the Lord had done to Israel and that he had delivered them out of the hand of Egypt. And so the first question I have on those people we allow to listen or that we allow to speak into us uh, is this, is do they know me? Do they know my heart? Do they know me? Do they celebrate with me? For someone to know me, they, they, they have to know what makes me tick. They have to know what drives me. They have to understand me. In order for me to listen to somebody, there's got to be a piece where they, they know me and what makes me tick and i have to i have to realize that there are certain people that have great intentions and they may have great advice but if they don't know me then i have to keep it out here until i figure out whether that's the right thing to do or the right person to listen to because in all fairness we're all jaded a majority of us have some type of agenda, some type of history, some type of thing that's driving what we want to see, driving what we want to see happen. And so we need to know the people that know us. We need to figure out whether they know us. And here's a couple ways whether they know you. Do they sit and listen to you or do they dominate the conversation? Jethro listened to everything God had done. And that wasn't just one short story. I mean, we're talking plagues, and we're talking uh, encounters with, with uh, Pharaoh. We're talking all these different things that Jethro just sat through and listened. And he listened to how God moved in his life. And at the end of it, he didn't sit back and he said, oh, that's nice. No, what do you say? The scripture says they rejoiced together. Like Jethro was honestly excited about what God had done through Moses. Those are the people we want in our lives. The problem is this. We're allowing people who don't truly know us, who have an agenda, 
to speak into our lives and they're draining the ever, every amount of energy out of us. We share something good with them and they're like, oh, that's nice. We share something good with them and then they want to point out something else. We share something great that God's doing in our lives and then they, they want to bring about something that's going to bring us down. They want their agenda to be heard. They want their agenda to come to life. They don't know your, your heart. They don't know your mind. They don't know what God's calling is in your life. They don't deserve to speak into it. So we need to pay attention to this. So does the individual know me? The second thing is does that individual love God? In, in Exodus 18, 10 to 12, we read this. Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh and has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Notice that, that, that Jethro's place is this, is that blessed be the Lord. And he goes through everything that, that God had done. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods because in this affair they dealt arrogantly with the people. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and sacrifices to God. And Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. There was a celebration and acknowledgement of what God had done. So my second question, these people that we allow into our lives, is one, do they know me, but do they love God? Do they have a love for God? And is it evident can we see the fruit of it? See, I can claim all day long that I love God, but if you don't see fruit in my life, do I really love Him? Or do I love the idea of Him? When we look at people in our lives, do they claim to love God? That's great, they make this claim, but do we see fruit? Do we see something that comes out of their life that, that shows that they love God, that, that, brings about, that, that, that brings about evidence of a love for God? Those are the pieces we need to look at. So do they know me and do they love God? The, the, the third one, and this one is my favorite. You ever talk to somebody and they're immediate, you're sharing an issue with them and they immediately go to problem-solve mode? Like they see something, they, they immediately jump to, well, here's how you fix it. Now, by a show of hands... How many times, yes, I want us to be real here, when somebody just goes straight to fix-it mode, do we shut down and stop listening? If you don't believe me, ask your wife. Because every time, men, if you sit there and they bring an issue to you and you go to fix-it mode and they're like, I just want you to... <laughs> Julie... What do you say? I just want you to listen. I just want you to listen. I just, that's it. Here's the issue that we have. We want, like, and I'm guilty of it. If there's a problem, let me fix it and let's move on. If there's a problem, let's, let's take care of it and we can keep gaining ground. Like, we don't have to stay stuck here. I hate staying stuck. So let's solve the problem and move on. Come on. Why are you complaining about this? Let's get it done, and we can move beyond it. 
There's a, there's a piece in this that, that, that is so interesting that, that Jethro, here's the thing that was so interesting about what Jethro does. Jethro sought to gain understanding about what Moses was going through. He didn't come in with the quick answer. Think about, let's, let's look at what he does. You ready? Let's look at what he does. Exodus eighteen thirteen to 14. The next day, Moses set to judge the people. And just so you know, the judge in, in that day, they would have a seat. And it could be on a rock. It could be anywhere. But they have a seat in the center of their camp. And it's where everyone would go. And one by one, they would bring someone there. And so to judge in this, this idea, they would make a, it's not our judgment, like where we decide you're bad, you're good, and we, make, we judge, that's, we get this whole thing, don't judge me type thing. That's not what we're talking about here. They would actually bring the, the case to before Moses, and he would do a few things. He would uh, First, he would teach about the laws that God had given them, and so he'd make sure the people understood that. The second thing is he would decide. He'd help them decide between who's right and who's wrong. He'd help them decide on the best way to go about the, moving forward, and so this would come to him every day. And so he was going to this place, and he says this, And the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he went to Moses and said, you're an idiot. Here's how you fix it. What does he do? Let's read it. He said this, what is this that you are doing for the people? He's gaining what? Understanding. He's trying to not go in to solve, solve the problem mode. He's gaining a more understanding of what, what's going on in Moses' head. Why? Because some of the best things we could do is actually gain understanding about why someone's doing something in order to help them move through it. He goes on and says, this, what, this, what is this that you are doing? Why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning till evening? He asks two questions. What is this you're doing? And then why are you sitting alone? Help me understand your thinking behind this. My favorite conversation this week was with one of, with, was, was, was with Josh Holbrook, our family pastor. And we're sitting there, and, he, and he, he, rather than come out and tell me where my issue was, he started asking questions to gain understanding of what I was dealing with. He started to ask questions. Rather than give me the solution, he wanted to gain understanding. In all of the conversations that I had this week, those four conversations, I look back on each of them asked questions before they ever gave a solution. I was more willing to hear what they had to say because they were more willing to understand where I was coming from before they gave a solution. And we see this with Jethro, to seek understanding. So the people around you, do they seek to solve your problems, or do they seek to gain more understanding? And then in Exodus 18, 17 to 18, we read this. The fourth thing as we look and evaluate who do we let speak into us is this. Do they speak the truth? Are they willing to speak the truth into my life? Exodus eighteen seventeen to 18 reads this. Moses' father-in-law said to him, 
what you are doing is not. Do we have people in our lives that tell us that? What you are doing is not good. What you are doing is not healthy. What you are doing is not the right thing. Or do we have people in our lives that just kind of like, oh, well, you'll figure it out. You'll, you'll learn. It'll come to you. I'll just sit back here and point the finger at you when you drop the ball, and I'll sit back and tell you where the problems are. I'll be that Monday morning quarterback for you, that backseat driver for you. Or do we have people that are honestly going to speak the truth into our lives? For us men that have father-in-laws, how easy would it be for you to sit there and listen to your father-in-law tell you what you're doing is not good? Because I've got to be honest with you. If my father-in-law shared this stuff with me, I'd tell him where to go fly a kite. (laughs) But here we have a man that is humble enough to listen to a guy that, what, loved God, seek to understand him, and that wanted to speak truth into his life. Sometimes it's not easy to hear Moses' father. So he goes on, what you're doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out. For the thing is too heavy for you, and you are not able to do it alone. Now I want you to hear this, that when, when Jethro spoke truth into Moses' life, he not only told him what he was doing wasn't good, but he started hitting on a, a very very vulnerable piece for us men. Us men, where do we find a lot of our value? It's in what we... Women as well, we don't have, I don't have to discriminate, right? What we do. The very thing Jethro was speaking into is what Moses did. So there was a little piece that Moses had to be willing to humble himself to hear it. But maybe Moses was willing to humble himself because of who Jethro was and the way he went about it. And maybe, just maybe, that the people that we're allowing to speak into our lives, God has placed right there for a moment that we need to humble ourselves to be able to listen to. Why? Because there are people that love God. There are people that, 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 grow to under, that want to understand us and they know our hearts. And when that, allow, when that happens, then we are more willing to listen to what they have to say. And then we go to the fifth thing. And we hit on this a little bit, but we'll hit on a little bit more. The fifth thing was we listen to, are they, one, do they know me? Do they love God? Do they seek to understand us? Do they speak the truth? And, and then... Lastly, are they pro- do they seek just to problem solve, or do they seek to point out the problem? My biggest pet peeve is this. I know a lot of problems we have, and it's very easy to sit back and point at all the problems in the world, Right? But what is it like to be a problem solver? What does it look like to identify a problem and actually want to go around and helping solve it? We have a lot of people in our world that like to point out the problems. 
And yet we have very few people that are willing to actually step up and help problem solve and solve the problems. We need to be a people that problem solve the problems we see. The people we listen to, the people that we allow to speak into our lives, are they problem pointer outers or are they problem solvers? Because I can tell you the ones that are just want to point out problems to you, they will drain the life from you. They'll keep telling you problem after problem. And well, the people I want to listen to are the ones that want to help solve problems. And so we get this from Jethro, Exodus 18, 19 to 23 says this. Now obey my voice. I will give you advice. I like the way he says this. Now obey my voice. I will give you advice and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. And you shall warn them about their statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and and what they must do. So he's not taking away Moses' value here. Moses loved to be able to tell the people about God and tell them about the laws and the way things should go. Moreover, look for able men. And so he goes into, hey, here's what needs to happen. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And let them judge the people all t- at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but every, any small matter they shall decide themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you. You will be able to endure, and all this, all this people, excuse me, and all this people also will go their place in peace. I love how Jethro gives them the why of why they need to do it. Hey, listen, Moses, if you do this, this, and this, here's why it's good for you. If, if you listen to this and carry this out, here's the benefit you'll see from it. The people we allow to speak into our lives will determine whether we can boldly listen to them or we can, we can still stay stuck and stay in the, in the mud and not figure out what's the next step for us. We listen to a great amount of people. A lot of people have talk. A lot of people like to be heard. A lot of people have a lot of things to say. And they'll, they'll try to direct us and they'll try to manipulate their agenda and they'll try to get us to go in a certain direction. But the question we have to ask is this, is if I truly want to boldly listen to people and listen to people with boldness, with confidence, with a fearlessness, I have to listen to the right people. And these, these, the right people are those that know me, that love God, that seek to understand, they speak the truth. They're not only going to point out a problem, but they're going to help me solve it. When I find somebody like that, I'll, I pray that they'll speak into my life. And when I do that, when I sit there and I listen and I boldly listen, there's a confidence in there that allows me to step out of what I'm trapped in and step into what God has called me to. So the question after this, if I get the right people around me that are friends of God, that, that do all those things we talked about, that if I listen to those people... Am I bold enough to listen? Am I bold enough to listen? And here's what I mean by am I bold enough to listen. Do I just hear them? In other words, I hear the noise. Or do I listen? Listen brings action. Listen brings a response. Listen brings some type of of something coming back. Hearing, I hear things all day and I don't have to do anything about it. But when I listen, I will take action with what I've heard. 
And here's what we see in Exodus 18, 24 to 26. So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law. And so what, did, what happened after that? And did all that he had said. Moses chose able men out of all Israel, made them heads over the people, chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens, and they judged the people at all times. Any hard case they brought to Moses, but any smaller matter, they decided themselves. There are things that we wrestle with day in the day out. There are things, situations, problems we face every day of our life. Some small, some big, some things we get trapped in, some things we don't know how to move forward in. And my question is this, who do you have around you that is speaking into your life? Who are you letting speak into your life? Who you let speak into your life a lot of times will determine where you go with life. If I do not listen to the right people in my life, the calling that God has on my life will not be fulfilled. If I listen to the wrong people, it will get in the way of the calling that he has for me. And so I have to be, you have to be, that more, much more vigilant in who you listen to. And who you allow to speak into your life. Are you seeking out the right people? Are you seeking out those people that know you, that love God? Are those the people that are surrounding you? The ones that want to speak the truth to you. The ones that want to help problem solve. Is that who we're listening to? Because whether we fulfill our calling in God's, in, in, that God has on our lives, the right people to speak into me will help me fulfill it. The wrong people will keep me trapped. And Moses chose to listen to the right people in order so that he can continue the calling that God had on his life, which was leading the people to the promised land. And when we boldly listen, when we boldly listen with all confidence and assurance, with a fearlessness, then we go about fulfilling the calling that God has for us. Let's pray. Father God, we love you and praise you. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. And Lord, in all things, we thank you that you love us.